Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you. We worship you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Father, we thank you that we can come before you and receive from your word today. And we come with hungry, expectant hearts, ready to receive from the truth of your word, ready to receive life and power as the word of God is taught. And I thank you that there is life and power in the word. I thank you, Father God, that your word is alive and, 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 and imparts faith into our hearts. And we receive that. Thank you for revelation and light from the Holy Spirit as the word of God is taught right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm all right. Did you want a fan on? You can put the fan on if you want to. That's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Let's get uh, let's let's go to Acts chapter six. People are just uh, coming in and grab seats. Hello, hello, good to see you guys. All right, good to see you as well. All right, so let's go to Acts chapter six. Now I'm going to continue on with um, Book of Acts Christianity, which is what I've been doing for quite a few months now. We've obviously had a bit of a break through August, so it's been a couple of months since we did one of these. Um, but I'm still going to continue on because I believe that this is a subject we need to see more of um, and, and get a hold of some things. There's a lot in uh, the whole idea of Book, book of Acts Christianity. Um, and uh, hopefully we've already looked at, I don't, I've lost count of how many of these we've actually done. I don't know if this is 10 or something like that on, 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 yeah, on this particular subject. But um, uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll check the numbers afterwards. <laughs> But um, we've talked about quite a few different things from the book of Acts. We've talked about in the book of Acts, we've seen how uh, you know, they were with one accord. We've talked a bit about the unity in the book of Acts. Uh, but I made a point, if you remember, uh, when I talked about that, of saying that uh, unity for the sake of unity is not always godly unity. Okay? And, and you need to realize that when the Bible talks about they were with one it were, were, were in one accord, it does not mean they were compromising in order to create unity. Uh, it, 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 God, unity is a, it has to be unity with no compromise because our unity must be with God. Amen. Anyway, we talked about that. We've also talked about some things about the Holy Spirit. That was quite a few months ago. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is, is important in the book of Acts. The Spirit of the Lord upon and the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon them. So we've done some teaching about that. And we've talked about quite a few other things. I can't remember everything we've talked about so far. But I had, some, I had something on my heart to think for today. Um, that we're going we're gonna to start in the book of Acts, but we're probably going to move out of the book of Acts and look at quite a few other things. Because as I, as I was praying and preparing, uh, I felt I needed to share some things that are in line with some of the things that I, I taught last night in Oxford and I taught... Uh, last weekend in a few other lo locations, but I felt I needed to stick on the same subjects uh, or, uh, to today as I was preparing. How many of you know it's important to be, to be led? Yeah. It's important to hear what the Holy yeah. Spirit wants, wants you Because Book of Acts Christianity doesn't... We're just going to restrict ourselves. But at the end of the day, what I'm going to talk about actually is Book of Acts Christianity. <laughs> now, in talking about... Book of Acts Christianity, you need to realize this. Book of Acts Christianity is true Christianity, but it's not limited to the book of Acts. Okay? 
Sometimes when you say Book of Acts Christianity, people think the only place you can learn about early Christianity is the Book of Acts. Well, actually, the epistles were written during the period of time of the Book of Acts. So, so what they cover is also Book of Acts Christianity. New Testament. Book of Acts Christianity is New Testament Christianity. So, so what is presented, even in the epistles, is part of Book of Acts Christianity, the kind of Christianity that, that, that God wants us to walk in and live in. So it's not just restricted to the Book of Acts. Now, I want to make that point because of what we're going to talk about. Now, I'm going to make my point out of Book of Acts, but we're going to look at some things that are that they walked in in those days, and I believe we need to walk in more. In our days, we need to be stirred up afresh about some truths. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify this with before I tell you what we're going to be talking about. But how many of you know it's good to be stirred up and reminded about truths you already know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't claim to come with some new revelation. But, uh, I believe that there's some things that we need to stir up. And, and to rise up stronger in than we ever have and, 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 and uh, get a hold of even more than we ever have. So let's go to Acts chapter 6. Now, I, th I, think, I think a couple of months ago, I think we did talk about some things at the start of, Ac uh, of Acts chapter 6. Um, there we go. Someone remembers. You remember more than me, actually, the last thing we talked about. But I do remember we, we, we looked at some things in the, at the start of uh, Acts chapter 6, how the... Uh, the apostles, the 12 in verse 2, because there was a bit of a, a complaint going on. We talked about the fact that the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, it's not that they were anti-serving. It's just that that was not their particular role. It's important that we're functioning in our place. Amen. It's not that the apostles said we're above serving. We can't do all of that. It's just that they had a particular role that they needed to be functioning in. And um, it's important that they recognized that and that other people rose up to do their part because the body of Christ got to function. Everybody's got to be mobilized in the body of Christ. We've got to get beyond this passive, leaving it all up to a small group and just mobilize everybody, all functioning in their position and in their role. This is how we're going to get the job done. Amen. And so anyway, we talked a bit about that in the last one. And so we see here in Acts chapter 6, that they, they sought out some specific people. Verse 3, they needed some people to fill, fulfill roles. Now, were, were these roles key leadership roles that they were fulfilling? Not what we would class as key, key leadership roles, were they? they what basically, they needed people to help serve tables. <laughs> we might say serve the coffee and tea. <laughs> Did it matter the kind of people that they wanted functioning in roles, even serving the coffee and the tea, <laughs> serving the, the waiting on the tables? Did it matter? Did they say, oh, it's all right, anybody can serve, uh, can serve the tables. It doesn't really matter. It's not a main, main leadership role. Just anybody can do that. Is that what they said? No, they didn't. What, 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 what kind of people did they want involved? Honest report, there's one thing we could talk about. Verse 3, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, to wait on a table, <laughs> to serve coffee and tea. <laughs> Would we even think about that when we're looking about for someone to serve coffee and tea? 
Would, would we today? No, we wouldn't. Does this show how we think so differently to them? We would think, well, if someone's going to be in the worship team or someone's going to be preaching, they've got to be have all these spiritual characteristics. But, but to them, it didn't matter what role you're functioning in. You needed to be full of the Holy Spirit. And, and not just full of the Holy Spirit in theory. You need to be functioning full of the Spirit, walking in the fullness of the Spirit. And, um, and then it says, of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Wisdom over this business that we may give ourselves continually to pray in the ministry of the word again we talked about this before notice this that as the leaders the apostles as the leaders of the ministry leaders of what god was doing that it was important to them that they walked in the word they, they walked in prayer and we talked about that if you if you do remember back a few months ago that 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 we want leaders we want leaders that are saturated in god not just people that are that are so busy doing the work, the business side of the ministry, that they're not even walking with God themselves. Do you remember we talked about that? This is a priority. Okay. Verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. That's definitely a miracle that happened in the book of Acts. They pleased everybody in the church. Wow. <laughs> and they chose Stephen. Anyone ever heard of Stephen? Yeah. Now, what does it tell us about Stephen? What are we told about this man? Full of faith. Of faith and the Holy Spirit. What kind of person was he? He was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Does that matter? Yes. Is this important? Absolutely. Why, why does the Bible tell us this about him? Do you know that? How many of you, when you think about major Bible characters, think about Stephen? Most people don't. We think about Paul, Peter, James, John, New Testament characters I'm talking about, not even Old Testament ones, yeah? Stephen does not feature a lot in most people's minds as a prominent person that they think about. But actually, do you realize he takes up a few chapters of the book of Acts and just take up two sentences? God dedicates. That's more chapters than you've got in the book of Acts. <laughs> so God dedicates quite a lot of time to this man, Stephen. And I don't believe it's just because he was the first martyr. I believe the lead up even to the martyr, him being martyred, there's things that God tells us about this man. Now, he's chosen here to be a helper in the church. We already know they wanted people who are full of the Holy Spirit, who are basically walking with God. But then when, when it points out Stephen, it tells us he's a man full of faith. Full of faith. Full of faith. Does it matter? Should our church environments be places where the people are full of faith? Should, should, should we have congregations full of faith? Is it right if we talk about I told you we're going to talk about something that, that you've all talked about. But I had this on my heart. Someone thinks, oh, no, here we go again. We, we've been hearing about faith for, for 20 years in this church. Well, you're going to hear about some more this morning. It's all right. How many, how many of you know we can all have some things stirred up? You know, I was, uh, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was praying uh, this is a couple of years ago now. It feels like two or three months ago, but it's probably about a year or two ago. I was praying about some things. And, and, you know, I, I went to Bible school. I went to a good faith Bible school. I went to learn about Mark 11, 24 and 23. I learned about faith. 
I've been reading books about Mark 11, 23, 24 since I was a teenager. And uh, everyone know Mark 11, 23, 24? Yeah. Speak to your mountain. I've been reading those kind of things since I was a teenager. And, and, and you know, like three years ago. <laughs> no, quite a while ago now. <laughs> Time does tick, doesn't it? I don't know where it goes. And I was praying about something a couple of years ago. And, um, and uh, I was saying to the Lord, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to, to it, in this situation? Well, you know, Lord, remind me, show me some things. And I was praying, Lord, I really need some wisdom on this situation. Show me what I need to do. And, and you know what he said to me? Mark 11, 24, believe you receive. That's all he said to me. Yeah. And I scratched my head and I thought, why didn't I think of that? I know that scripture. <laughs> I've been reading it since I was a teenager. I've known it for 20, 26, 30 years, whatever now. And you know what really struck me? Sometimes we just need to be reminded of things we already know. We need them stirred up. We really, we've we got to be walking in these truths. It's not enough just to know about faith. We've got to be walking in faith. I'm going to talk about some things about faith today. Because Book of, this, Book of Acts Christianity, were, I don't believe Stephen was the only one full of faith there. Do you? I don't believe. You remember, remember when Peter, Peter, uh, Peter and John, I think, or Peter and John, Peter and James with the lame man, Peter and John, I think it was, yeah. with the lame man. Remember just a few chapters before this, Acts chapter 3, remember they said to the lame man, you know, I don't have silver and gold on me right now, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then a little bit, little bit later, while Peter's preaching uh, to the crowd that gathered, he said this. He said, it's, it's, it, it's the, the, the name through faith in the name has made this man whole. So Peter highlighted what, what, what released that miracle into that man's life. Now, how many of you know Peter could have prayed, could have talked about the Holy Spirit? What did he, in fact, go look at, look at this. Now, before you do, let's finish in Acts 6, and then we'll go to Acts 3. So verse 5 says, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Should we be full of faith? Do we want environments of faith? We most certainly do. Do we, do we want just one or two people in the church to be charged with faith while the rest of us are struggling and down number? Do we want an environment that's charged, an atmosphere of faith and believing God? We do. We need that in this country right now. We need that more in this country than we have ever in this country. You need to realize this. There's more doubt and unbelief in the church in this country than there's ever been. That's a shock. It shouldn't be that way. Okay. People say, oh, no, I don't think that's true. You just travel a little bit like I do. It's, it's one thing if you go to a church that preaches faith, but when you start traveling around, you find out there's all kind of doubt and unbelief out there. We've got a big job to do in this country. Okay? And, uh, but, but, so that's verse 5. Now go to verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Does, does it tell us that again about him? That's, that, that's within, within five, six, seven, eight verses from verse 5 <clears throat> to verse 8. And it gives us that characteristic. Full of faith, full of power, full of the Spirit. But twice we're told he's full of faith. What happened because he was full of faith? Stephen, full of faith and power? did great wonders and signs. Is there any connection between the release of the miraculous and the faith? 
There most certainly is. Is, is the release of the miraculous just connected to when God decides to do it? Is it all about when God decides to release the power? There are a lot of people that think it's all about when the Holy Spirit, when God decides to pour out the Holy Spirit, that's when the miracles will happen. Is, 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 do we see, is it just about the Holy Spirit in this passage? Faith level connected to it. Remember when Jesus couldn't do anything, couldn't do any mighty works in his own hometown? Did Jesus say, did Jesus marvel at the lack of anointing? Did Jesus say, oh, well, it doesn't look like the Holy Spirit's moving today. We need to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit because in my own hometown, I can't get any mighty works happening. So we need to go into prayer and pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, believe me, I believe in praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe we want the move of the Holy Spirit. But when, when, when there were no mighty works happening in his own hometown, did Jesus say, well, we need to pray for more outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Or does it say he marveled because of their unbelief? What was holding back? Get this. Because I, th- I believe this is holding some things back in the UK. Yeah. A lot of people just, they're, they're waiting for the move of the Holy Spirit, but the move of the Holy Spirit that is going to happen in a generation is going to be connected to breaking through this barrier of unbelief. The enemy has built up a barrier of unbelief in this nation, in the church. And it'll be smashed down. You know what? You know what's going to smash it down? It's some, some faith-charged people who believe those kind of barriers can come down. Yeah. It's going to start with us. <laughs> faith and power. A lot of people that think we're waiting for pouring the God's waiting for some faith. I might be wrong. I, I can accept if I'm wrong, but I can see it in the word. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, what happened? What happened when this man, Stephen, was full of faith and power? It says there, did great wonders and signs. Was it all about the power and the Holy Spirit upon him? Or was his faith level connected to that? Now, what if, what if we can get the church saturated in the Holy Spirit? What if, hypothetical, what if we can get the church saturated in the Holy Spirit in the United Kingdom, but the enemy can keep the faith levels low? What's going to happen? It's, it's going to hinder what the move of the Holy Spirit can do. People say, oh, no, no, I don't believe anything can hinder the move of the Holy Spirit. Well, you need to go read your Bible then. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get rid of your own opinions and go read what the Bible's revealing to us, that there are things that can, move, that can hinder the move of the Holy Spirit. I personally believe if it broke out tomorrow across the United Kingdom, it'll be shut in a year. Because the same things that shut it down 10 years ago will shut it down still. They haven't been dealt with. There are things that need to be dealt with that are holding back and blocking some things. One of them is, is the climate of unbelief. <laughs> that might offend some people, but you know, since when have I cared about offending people anyway? <laughs> it's not going to offend you guys, but maybe on the videos. Okay? We need.
Yeah, that God has been God has been bringing the teaching of the word into this nation for decades now. But the enemy has also been bringing in the teaching of error and false doctrine. And he's been working hard, working hard to get people to believe against certain truths. Because the enemy has got a strategy he's trying to shut this down. We've got to dig our heels in and get this preached harder and faster and, 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 and get this job done. Amen? Now, now I told you we, we'll, we'll finish in Acts 6 and we'll go to Acts 3. Go to Acts 3. Let's look at the lame man. I'm just connecting this into book of Acts, and then I'm going to talk about some things about faith. You guys, you guys ready, to, ready to launch off your seats into, into orbit? Okay. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to preach faith and be, and be very low level. We're going to preach it like the Bible preaches. Is that all right? <laughs> you know what? I, I look at... No, how many of you remember? I quoted it a moment ago, Mark 11. Well, I didn't quote it. I referred to it. Mark 11, 23, 24. That, that passage where, where Jesus spoke about speaking to mountains came after Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Remember, Jesus cursed the fig tree. And what happened to the fig tree? Jesus spoke to it. What happened to it? It died. Spoke to it. And someone says, oh, Jesus. No, that's where you're thinking. It's not just because it was Jesus. Because Jesus turned around to his disciples and he said, you, you can do that. And see, someone says, someone says, oh, yeah, but it was just Jesus that did it. The moment you say, oh, no, but Jesus said, you will do it. Then someone says, oh, yeah, but he was only referring to his disciples when he said, you uh -huh. speak to you. I've heard people say that. Yes. People yeah. teach it. They, they try to talk you out of everything in Scripture. So they say, oh, he was only talking to Peter and, and, and them. Well, we, I'm going to cover a little bit of that now. But Jesus said, if you speak to your mountain, paraphrasing, you. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus said a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another? I've never heard anyone say when Jesus said you in that command, a new commandment I give unto you, that he was only talking to the crowd in front of him. People are quite happy to say that command applies to all of us. The you in that passage is for the whole church. But the you in Mark 11, 23 and 24 apparently is only for the crowd in front of him at the time. Who are you to decide which you is, is for everyone and which you is not? How can you say that command, a new commandment I give unto you is for all of us? If you start saying Mark 11, 23 just for the people in front of him, then you better start saying a new commandment I give unto you is just for that crowd and it doesn't apply to any of us. <laughs> See, people pick and choose. They pick and choose the philosophical bits that work right. Walk in love. I, I, I'm not against walking in love. But the moment it's anything power related, the moment it's faith related, the moment it's anything move of the Holy Spirit related, people restrict. Why? Because the enemy wants to restrict these things. He doesn't want us walking in some things. He doesn't want us stepping into some things. Okay? But when Jesus said about speak to the fig tree, <laughs> You know, he, he, what did Jesus do? He cursed a fig tree. I mean, I don't have a fig tree. It's not quite a fig tree, but it's close, okay? I'm going to drop it. So before I drop it, <laughs> I'm going to put it on something. This is my fig tree, okay? Now, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus cursed my mini fig tree, <laughs> okay? And 
Then, then after cursing the fig tree, the disciples noticed the, the fig tree died, didn't they? And, and then they come and say, oh, but the, the fig tree you cursed has died. And Jesus turned to them and said, yes, 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 it's because I'm Jesus that I was able to do that. Is that what he said? No. Oh, Jesus said, oh, yes, yes, I can curse fig trees, you can curse blades of grass. I, what I cursed was big, but you're not at this level yet. You need to go curse blades of grass. And you need to, in 50 years' time, you work your way up to a fig tree. And then 50 years after that, you work your way up to an oak tree. And then 50 years after that, you might reach mountains. Is that what Jesus said? What did Jesus say? He said, I cursed a fig tree. You'll, go, you'll speak to a mountain. He, he massively increases the size. Now, I don't know about you, but a fig tree, I know it's a mini fig tree, but even if I had a mini mountain here, it would still be a lot bigger than that. What did Jesus do? He massively increased the expectation of what they could do. You see, we're always minimizing. We're always taking. We couldn't ever hope to reach the point that he reached, that Jesus walked in. What did Jesus want his followers to believe? You're going to step it up way beyond what I did. Jesus created an environment amongst all his, amongst his disciples where they believed they could do more. They believed they could go way beyond what he what, what Did he? Did Jesus say, the works that I do, yes. you'll never hope to do. Because I can only, because I'm Jesus. But you might do half the works that I do. That's, is that what he said? See, greater works than these will, will you do. Jesus built into his disciples an expectation of going way beyond what he Now, why did Jesus do that? Because he wanted them to believe they could. This is why by the time the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts chapter 2, they have, their whole mindset is a full expectation of doing way beyond what Jesus did. So when they got the Holy Spirit combined with the faith that they've been building up for three years, three and a half years, they either had some, un some unbelief along the way. But by the time they were ready, they've been hearing the word. Jesus has been preparing them to expect more. So it wasn't just the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 as to why they stepped into the miraculous. Jesus has been training them, preparing them, building into them faith and expectation that these things will happen through them. So by the time they also got the Holy Spirit, their thinking was ready. And the miracles began to flow. Some people think it was because of the Holy Spirit. No, it's both. How many, how many of you know, what about when, G, when, when, when Jesus was walking on the water? Now, I'm, I, I'm not, we're not looking at these scriptures, but most of us know the passages, but, but, but we, we could look at them. Remember, the disciples were in the boat, weren't they? And it, was, it was the middle of the night, wasn't it? Jesus is, it wasn't with them. I think he'd been doing some praying before that. He'd send them ahead. They got on the boat. It's the middle of the night. Now, this is a boat full of fishermen. I know there were some tax collectors and others there, but a lot of them were fishermen, weren't they? I, now, 
I don't know about you, but fishermen all over the world are superstitious. Yeah, any, anywhere you've got fishermen, you've got ghost stories, pirate stories, monster stories, everything, yeah? So I'm sure this group wasn't any different. Can you imagine being in the middle of the night in a boat with a bunch of fishermen? You see a figure walking across the water. The first thought through their head was not, it's Jesus. <laughs> first thought through their head, all of the superstition that they've probably heard about sea monsters. <laughs> So it's no wonder they cried out for fear. It's a ghost! Ah! <laughs> okay? So don't laugh at them for that. That's just what they, they, they were fishermen. So anyway, Jesus said, no, it's okay, it's me. Then they thought, whew. <sighs> it's not the big sea monster I've heard about all my life. <laughs> it's Jesus. Okay? Now, then, then Peter says this. Peter said, what did Peter say to Jesus? Let me come. I read that and I thought to myself, whoa, 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 let's back up a few steps here. In all honesty, how many of you, that would be the first thing you said? You see Jesus out walking on the water. How many of you would say, all right, I want to come out there with you? Now, let's not hyper-spiritualize it. You know, this, you know the passage, so you might think, oh, I'll do what you did. No, Peter's never read this passage before. He's never seen someone walking on the water. He's never seen this miracle happening. What, what was going on in Peter's mind? I know some people say, well, Peter was just impulsive. I think there's more to it than that. What made him think he can participate in that miracle? What made him have the cheek? <laughs> you know what it was? Jesus created an environment amongst his disciples. You'll do what I did. They kept hearing that from Jesus. Jesus built that into him. He healed the sick. He sent them out to heal the sick. And he's been telling them, our coast of victory, your coast of mountain. <laughs> he's, and, and, and how many of you know, we don't have every word of Jesus recorded. What we do have is enough to see that Jesus built into them an, a, a complete belief system that they, will, they, they can do the things he was doing. They saw him doing things. I think the penny dropped. In I think he saw Jesus They're walking on the water and he said, put your money where your mouth is, Jesus. You've been telling me I can do what you do. Now tell me to come out there. Let's see whether I can really do what you're doing. I know he's being impulsive, but I personally believe that's what, that, that's what pushed him to. That's not the normal request. Most of us wouldn't ask for that as the first thing. What made Peter think he could be out there participating in the miraculous was the fact that Jesus built into his disciples, into all of them, a complete belief system that they can do the kind of things he was doing. Did Jesus want his disciples to believe they can do? Oh, Peter, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. You should not be asking that kind of thing. Now, do people today say and preach from pulpits? You should not have the kind of cheek to ask God those kind of things. You should just accept whatever God wants to give you. You'll have. How dare you ask for those kind of things? Now, I, I know I'm putting it in my own word, but people preach that kind of thing. This, this theology is not in the Bible. What the Bible presents is a, a, a 
that God likes people who participate, get involved and have the courage to begin to say, let's do it, God. Okay, let's do some big things. Let's increase our expectation levels. We're, we're taught to hold back. There's a lot of holding back. A lot of fear to, to be bold with your requests to God. Oh, you can't be bold. Just whatever the Lord wants to do. It didn't say, Lord, 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 Lord. I'm just going to sit in the boat. And if you want me to walk on the water, then you'll decide whether I'll walk on the water. He just said, tell me to come. I'm come, you, come on, I, come, come, I'm ready to come. There's a, there's a boldness in the way he's approaching this. How many of you ever heard about the woman with the issue of blood? What did, what did she do? Woman with the issue of blood pushed through the crowd. Mark chapter 5. She touched Jesus' garment. One of the things I love about that passage is she didn't even ask for a healing. She pickpocketed Jesus. She did. She didn't ask. She didn't say, can you heal me? She had the attitude, I'm just going to go take it. And then I'm going to slip away into the crowd and no one's even going to notice me. And it's exactly what she did. She just took the healing from him. We, we call that stealing. <laughs> when you take something from someone. But you know what? Jesus wasn't upset about it. Jesus didn't turn around and say, how dare you have the cheek to think you can ask such big things. You should just be content to sit there and if I wanted you healed, I would come to you, woman. Jesus say that? What did, well, Jesus, your friend got you that. He complimented her. God likes people who have the courage and the cheek to think big and to just say, God, we're taking it. Let's do it. But we're, we're taught. The enemy has created an environment where we, we feel we can't be so bold with God. A lot of holding back. This is not the Bible mentality. Bible mentality is have the courage to think big and expect big. Jesus didn't say to his disciples, you'll start on a blade of grass, then you'll work your way up to a mini tree. <laughs> this is what we teach people. Jesus just said, think big, guys. Go move a mountain. People says, oh, but what if, what if you speak to a mountain and it doesn't move? Well, then you get up and you speak to another mountain. <laughs> we have this fear of what if I fail? The enemy's built this into the church. What if I try to step out and it goes wrong? So I know what, I just won't step out. This is what the enemy wants. He's built into so many people a culture and a, and a, a mindset of fear of failure. And anytime in the church someone gets bold and wants to step out, or everyone around them goes around, oh, no, 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 oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, you might fail. It might all go wrong. So what? <laughs> what happened this time you, you, you tried to drive a bike? Did you get it or did you fall off? Most people fell off the first time they tried to drive, drive a, uh, ride a bike. So what? You fail a few times. You fall flat on your face. So what? <laughs> get back up and do it again. Yeah. See, when Peter said to Jesus, if, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus did not say, Peter, for this, you might sink halfway, so let's just keep you in the boat for now. Did Jesus say that to him? That's what we do to people. Fine, come out. 
his will fails. No. He's teaching him. He's learning. He's, he's stretching his faith muscles a little bit. Till the time we get, by the time we get to Acts chapter 3, look at Acts chapter 3. <laughs> you thought I forgot about it. This is Peter again. This is Peter. This lame man. Acts chapter 3, verse 2, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Okay, I won't read the whole passage. The man asks, he's expecting some silver or gold for them. Verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. <laughs> so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. That, that's a bit of a change from a man who can't walk. He's not just walking. He's leaping. He's jumping around. Something's changed. That's the, that's the power of God. Can God do that? Of course he can. Should we expect that? Of course we should. And notice this, so, so uh, verse, verse, um, from verse 11 or 12, uh, P Peter starts preaching in verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why, do you, why, why look so intently at us as though by our own power of godliness we've, we, we've made this man walk? People say, oh yes, it happened because Peter was an apostle. When, when, when here does Peter say, it's because I'm an apostle this happened? What does he say? It's not because of my godly, it's not because of something about me in that sense. It's by our own power. And then he goes on, he preaches a bit about Jesus from verse 13, 14. Verse 16, let's read this one. He's just been preaching about Jesus. Verse 16, and his name, whose name? The name of Jesus. His name through faith. There it is. What are we preaching? What am I talking about, about today? Faith. Through faith in his name. This is, this is, this is Peter who sank. This is the same guy, yeah? Has something changed about him? Has he suddenly blossomed into the, into to the kind of faith giant who can walk in this miraculous realm? Is it, does Peter say it's all about the Holy Spirit? This is Acts chapter 3. This is only one chapter after the day of Pentecost. Does Peter say it's all because I've got the Holy Spirit now? Now, he does indicate it's not by my power, but he also connects in faith. Peter knew it's two things involved here. His name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And he repeats it. Yes, the faith, do you see, he says it again. The faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of your. Does Peter say, it's, it was all down to the Holy Spirit? Do you see this man's blossomed? He's gone from sinking. <laughs> why, why did Jesus let him? get him to stretch his faith he's preparing him for this preparing him for the book of acts 
come Peter is in the book of Acts. I know we laugh and mock Peter and say, oh, he stepped out of the boat. He, sank. he put his foot in it. He denied Jesus. By the time we see him in the book of Acts, he's, he's a faith giant. He's not just a Holy Spirit giant. He's a faith giant too. Book of Acts, Christianity, was an environment of faith and faith giants. Now, now we're still talking about Peter. Go to, um, go to Second Peter. It's here. It's something, something that Peter said. Well, why am I doing a bit of preaching on faith? I'm sure you've all heard some of the best in the world teach on faith. <laughs> but we got it. We got it. We got it. We, we got to stir up our faith in this nation. We got to stir up our faith levels. We've allowed a climate of unbelief to saturate a blanket, a wet blanket of unbelief across the nation in many environments. This has got to change. We need to, we need to stir up our faith lives. Now, this is Peter. We, we, we've seen Peter stepping out, having the courage to say, tell me to come. And then he sinks. Now we could laugh at him, but he walked in water. You haven't done that yet. So don't laugh at him. He had the courage. Jesus didn't tell him, tell him off for asking to, to, to walk on the water. Jesus encouraged him to get out there, step out on the boat. So what? You sank. And cry about it. Let's get back to the boat. Let's learn. Let's get out on the next one. <laughs> Amen. See, there are a lot of people that have tried to step out. They've sank, and now they're afraid to step out ever again. And the enemy's using that. You've got to break that. You've got to get past that. Learn, learn how to get faith working, even if it takes you 20, 30, 40 goes. Amen? But you see, sometimes people have tried to step out. They failed, and now they won't step out again. But they discourage everybody else from stepping out too. They want to talk everybody else out of having any courage. We need an environment of faith. We need an environment of people who believe God can do these things. We're going to step out, stir up our faith. So, so we've seen Peter step out of the boat. Well, now we've seen Peter come, into, come, come, to, uh, come, come to the book of Acts. Now he says, faith in the name has made this man whole. Now, let's see something Peter said. See, someone says, oh, yes, but it was just the apostles. <laughs> Ever heard that theology? Yes. Oh, it was just for the apostles. Really? Look at what Peter said. I think Peter, who walked in these things, understood these things. Because God used him to write two books of the New Testament. He obviously understood some things. How many books of the New Testament have you written? <laughs> now, as much as, as much as different commentaries and different theologians, you know, as much as some of them might have some good things to say, they are not greater authorities than Scripture. I've, I've had people try to use a commentary to argue against Scripture. Well, the, this certain, certain commentary says this. And I'm like, no, but the Bible says this. And they're like, are you disrespecting such, such a commentary? I'm not saying the name because it's a well-known name. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean am I disrespecting the commentary? 
The Bible says the opposite. <laughs> God was more insistent on, well, well, he's a great respected teacher in the church. Everyone reads his commentary. Like, Maybe they should put the commentary down and start reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm not against commentaries. Read a commentary as long as it's in line with scripture. But when the commentary is saying something contrary to scripture, don't hold to the commentary more than the Bible. <laughs> anyway, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter. So this is the same guy, isn't it? Was he a character in the book of Acts? Yeah. So there we go. We're still talking about book of Acts Christianity, even though we're in the epistles. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained, so, so he's about to tell us who he's writing to, yeah? To those who have obtained like precious faith yeah. with us. Does Peter say, only me and, and the other apostles have this kind of faith? Or is he writing something very inclusive here? He indicates there's others that have the kind of faith that, with us. See, Jesus created an environment around him where his followers, the 12 and the other 120, however many, he, he built into them the belief, you can do what I'm doing. But you know what? And spread that belief to other people. Yeah. That's why Stephen. I don't know if Stephen was one of the original 120. I don't. Do you, we don't really know, do we? He's not mentioned before that. I don't know if he was one of the converts. I don't know where he came from. Where he came to the church? I'm sure there's tradition somewhere along the line that says where he came in. I just don't know it. But Peter, had, Stephen had that kind of faith. He wasn't one of the apostles. To those who have obtained like precious faith. You know what that word like precious faith means? Go look it up in the original. It means faith of the same value and quality. Yes. Faith of the same value. Same value as what? Same value as Peter's faith. Well, if I have the same faith of the same value, then surely my faith will do the same things. Because if my faith won't do the same things his faith did, then when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Peter, you and me are going to have a talk. Because you said I got faith of the same value. <laughs> and it clearly doesn't do the same stuff. So it's clearly not the same value. Because if he said it's of the same value, that means it's going to, it's, it's going to, do, it's going to be the same kind of thing, isn't it? Did Peter say only the apostles can do this? Or did he, did he spread the idea that other people have this kind of faith too? Yeah. The enemy wants us to believe we can't have that kind of faith. Yeah. I wonder where Stephen got that kind of faith. I wonder where Stephen got the, the realization that he can be full of faith and walk in these kind of things. I'm pretty sure that, that the apostles created the same environment Jesus created. They built into people the belief you can go do this. Go walk in these things. Go operate. Stephen, Stephen thought, well, oh, he's probably sitting in church thinking, well, I can do that. He just went out and did it. 
an environment of faith and charged. Can we have this? Can we have the kind of faith that can produce these kind of things? Most people, you know, again, I'm not trying to say this critically, but I'm trying to say this to challenge, to teach. But most people are still struggling to get their faith working to heal a headache. Let's get past that. How many of you believe? Let me give you something else here. How, how does faith come? Hearing, hearing what? The word, the word. Faith comes by hearing, not just hearing anything, the word of God. Is the word of God powerful? Now, I can give you scripture for everything I'm about to say. If you want it, I can give it to you. I'll give you the, some of the references as I go. But in Mark chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. Mark chapter 4, Jesus shows that the word of God is a seed. Is the word of God a seed? Yes. The sower sows the word, the seed yeah. of the word. And he, and he talks about... The kingdom of God is as if a man went and sowed seed in the ground. Do you remember those parables? Yeah. So the word is the seed. How many of you know in Genesis, it talks about the fact that seeds produce after their own kind? Yeah. Apples produce apples. Oranges produce oranges. That was a pause for dramatic effect there with the water sipping between. Okay. Apples produce apples. Oranges produce oranges. Did I get that right? <laughs> apples produce apples. Oranges produce oranges. That's, that's the law of Genesis. Seeds produce after their own kind. God, God, God set it up that seeds produce after their own kind. Where, where is it that he, I think it's Peter, actually, it's either in chapter one, it might be in here, it might be one Peter, he talks about the incorruptible seed of the word. I think it's one Peter. Yeah. Let's go there for a minute. Is it, is it one Peter? Yeah, it's one Peter. Um, although, although, um, Yeah, a lot of what he talks about is incorruptible, but in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, really. Having been born again, anyone here been born again? Amen. Having been, it's happened, hasn't it? Not of corruptible seed. 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 What What seed? Well, let's keep reading. Let's see what seed he's talking about you were born again by. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God. That's the seed. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me. I'm going to connect a few dots in a minute. Which lives and abides forever. So the word of God is enduring. It's eternal. It's incorruptible. Oh, yeah? He's just told you that. Incorruptible seed. It endures forever. 
Then he says, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and, it, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. He comes back to the word. So what is the seed that you were born again by? The seed of the word. And then he says it again. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. This is the word. You see, he's repeated it three times. What's he talking about? The word. And then he goes, don't break the chapter. There's, there's no chapter break in the original. It doesn't say chapter. Paul, Peter did not write, okay, chapter two. This continues straight through. So he's supposed to be talking about the incorruptible, eternal seed of the word, which you were born again by. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Which word? The same incorruptible, eternal word. He's talked about a few verses later. So he's showing you this word. You were born of this word. Keep desiring this word. Now, let's connect some dots. Seeds produce after their own kind. <laughs> if you get this, you'll be running around the building. Someone says, oh, I don't have very strong faith, brother. I don't have my very wonderful faith. Oh, well, well, hold on a second. Where did your faith come from? What produced your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by? So the seed of the word is sown into your heart. And it produces a harvest of faith. Seeds produce after their own kind. Seeds produce after their own. You see where I'm going with this. Seeds produce after their own kind. The powerful. How many of you believe the word of God is powerful? How many of you believe the word of God is incorruptible? The word of God spoken and it happened. Now that seed is sown into you. And it produces a harvest of faith. Don't tell me the faith that's produced is of a lower quality. My faith came from the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Seeds produced after their own kind. God does not sow the powerful eternal seed of his word into your life to produce low quality nothingness faith in you. My faith is birthed by the word of God. Don't tell me it's not powerful. <laughs> Devil does not want you to understand this. You understand where your faith comes from. Grasp. My faith has that power and potential. It's birthed by the, by the seed of the word. Now what does Jesus say to do with your faith? If you have faith, let's read this one, Luke 16. Was it Luke 16, Luke 17? I think it's Luke 17. Luke 17. Verse 5. And the apostle, are you all there? Luke 17, 5. Yeah. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So what, what are they going to talk about? They're asking a question about faith, aren't they? 
I'm not going to go into the whole increase side of it for now, but just notice this. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, many people focus on the mustard, focus on the seed. <laughs> what do you do with seeds? Where did the seed, my faith, come from? Well, if I plant an apple seed, I will get a harvest of apples. And then if I cut that apple in half, inside there's another seed. You see where I'm going? God sows his word into your life. It grows and produces a harvest of faith. You then, out of that harvest of faith, you've got a whole bunch of seeds ready to go. Those seeds of my faith came from the seed of the word. What am I supposed to do? Go around planting them (laughs) with the expectation that they have the same power. They have the same ability. God has invested into me. He wants me to begin to have that expectation. This is why Jesus said, you'll take that seed, you'll plant it, you'll go say to the mulberry tree, go pluck up, go plant yourself in the sea and it'll obey you. Why? It's come from some of the powerful seed of the word of God in the first place. So can my faith do these kind of things? This is what Jesus said. This is why he said, I, I did it to a fig tree. You'll go do it to a mountain. He wants us to believe big things can happen with my faith. Why? My faith comes from the word of God. There's nothing powerless about the word of God. Yeah. If I can begin to get a revelation of where my faith has come from, yeah. then I can begin to realize how powerful my faith is because seeds produce after their own kind. Can my faith do it? <laughs> See, many Christians think, oh, no, 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 I can't, uh, my faith can't do it. I need someone else to pray for me. See, it's because you don't have confidence in the power of your own faith. The enemy just, he's saturated us in unbelief, blankets of unbelief. Talk people out of what their faith can do. Yeah. Get the revelation of where my faith came from. Are you getting this? Begin to believe, I can do this. Jesus wanted his disciples to believe they can do this. Peter wanted us. You got the same kind of faith, same faith. Who do you think it is sitting on your shoulder saying you can't? Reject that. Reject that. You don't have to believe. You choose what you believe. The enemy say, oh, you can't do that. You don't have the boldness to think you could possibly walk on a water. Say, I reject that lie from you, devil. I'm not accepting that. Oh, your faith could never get your healing. I reject that. Of course, my faith can get my healing. Not only that, we can go and get 100 million other people healed too. Well, let's spread this. <laughs> let's think bigger. Let's increase the expectation of what my faith can do, what my faith can achieve. Amen? Well, I think we, we maybe should have a break about there. Do you guys want a break? I suppose I should because we've got to have a coffee and then give Tony a go as well.
But let's, we'll pause there for a bit and we'll come back in a minute for some more. Amen. Amen.